Welcome to another episode here of Any Given Fun Day. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Yankees, the Mets, who's going to make it further in the postseason. We'll talk about Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and how large the gap is between them and is there even a gap between them. Uh, we'll talk about some predictions for players on the Knicks and the Nets as far as their stat lines go uh, for the season. And I want to talk about what we think the Jets are going to do in the first half of the season. We already did the Giants, so it's only fair that we do the Jets. This episode of Any Given Fun Day and the episodes of Any Given Fun Day going forward are brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FUNDAY at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls. Once again, code FUNDAY. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code FUNDAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FUNDAY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, let's go. She embarrassing me, man, I like that I think she's out of my league, but I like that I think she's older than me, but I like that Slim thick, pricky double D's and ass fat Oh shit, you buy me drinking, nigga, wild for the night I brought her to the bathroom and fed her white Alright, welcome to Any Given Fun Day, presented by Manscaped You have Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, Kobe Brickner, B. Molson, and the cut like Neo Sporn We're here, we're ready, and we're ready to talk New York sports Raymond, how are you? Good, brother. How are you? I'm just, good. Uh, I'm good. I'm ready. Just had my birthday yesterday. Yeah, happy happy birthday, brother. Thank you, dude. I appreciate everything. I, I tried to uh, complete no, the triangle. The guy, guy did the hat trick, created the triple crown of birthday wishes for me yesterday, so I, I do genuinely appreciate that. And to anybody listening who also wished me a happy birthday, I, I appreciate everybody, you all the support. fucking fart bag. I know, dude. I'm fucking 26. What am I? 26. Am I 26? You sure are. Holy hell. So, I'm 26 years old now, folks. I know it sounds like it. I'm we making out like I'm 60. This. We started this when you were 23. I didn't that's have crazy. I didn't have GERD at that point. No, that's crazy. That's that is crazy. that is crazy. It is indeed no, that, crazy. That is something that like you proud of. Yeah, like 3 year, 3 years doing this I stuff. I was 21. Man. I know. You were that's just crazy. a you were a wee lad. I I'm lud, first of all, the <laughs> pal. Uh but second of all, um <clears throat> for anybody who doesn't know, our new presenting sponsor of the show, uh, going forward for the next few weeks, um, and we're going to need your guys' help on this, right, is Manscaped. Um, we've uh, collaborated and partnered up with Manscaped for the next uh, couple weeks, uh, and I'll be I'll be very truthful. Uh, we need your guys' help. If we want these guys to stay around, well, we're going to need everybody's help here. Uh, so whether it's purchasing something or telling a friend that may want to purchase something, um, I can vouch uh, personally for myself and say, I've been a manscaper for a couple years now. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the product. So when they reached out to us, I knew it was a great fit. And I see it as somebody that's around for a long time. Uh, I don't see it as somebody who, and this is no offense to anybody else, right? But uh, I see this as, as something that I, I want to keep around for a long time. And I 100%. think everybody else wants to keep around. 100%. We're, we're a fucking bunch of dudes talking sports. And it, it, it fits in literally perfectly like a glove. Um with our show and our audience and, and our guys. So fellas, if you're listening to this, uh, support us, 
Go out there, use code FUNDAY, 20% off your entire order. Get a lawnmower, get a nose trimmer, get whatever you need to do uh, because it's going to help us keep these guys around and, and, and you know, see how far we can grow with them. So just wanted to get that out of the way. You know, make sure that it's known, presented by Manscaped for the, for the foreseeable future, but I want to keep this around for a long time. So everybody's got to do their part. Yeah, and 100%. Just like Joey said, um, you guys have already shown us support and are also part of the reason that we've gotten to this point as well, right? Like, we wouldn't have just gotten this, um, you know, on our own. We have fans and, and you guys supporting us over on TikTok, uh, over on Instagram. What, listen to the podcast right now is even, you it's know. going to be a lot of OGs, too. Support. OGs yeah, are going to yeah, have to do 100%, this. 100%. This, so. this is an OG assignment. So if you're an OG and you're listening right now, you know what you have to do. That's all. I'm yes, not going to get into it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to butter it up. You're an OG, you're an OG podcaster, and you and you know about Fun Day from a couple of years ago. Well, then this is a call to action for you guys. So uh, appreciate that in advance. I'm going to say thank you in advance because I know that they're going to come through because that's what they do. Yeah, they um, always have. That's right. So uh, with without further ado, let's get into some actual sports conversation here. And uh, I think our main topic that I really want to get into is <clears throat> the Yankees and the Mets, right? Um, it's been a rocky road for one team since the all-star break. And it's been uh, nothing but flowers, butterflies and uh, smiley faces and peace signs uh, for the other team. So we're talking about the Yankees and the Mets. Clearly the Yankees have been on the rocky road. I'm not talking about the good ice cream either. I'm talking about, they actually have been fucking stinking it up. And then there's of course the New York Mets uh, who, who, you know, you could throw Ray Ostrad out at a catcher right now and it seems like they're going to win. So that's just how it's going. Uh, but the conversation I want to have is based on their their seasons so far and what they've accomplished in their respective divisions and, you know, whatever it is. Uh, looking at it right now, Yankees have had their problems. Mets have had their problems. Yankees have had their greats. The Mets have had their, their greats as well. Who is it at this very point do you believe – uh, is going to make it further in the postseason. Presumably speaking, they're both going to be in the postseason. Yeah. Who's going to make it further? Um, I'll let you go first, and then we'll just get into conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think where I want to start with this is it's kind of a shit time for us to be, for the for a Yankee side of things, to try and prove a point, because this is kind of like the first real bump in the road. It's been pretty smooth sailing all year. You go out and make a bunch of roster moves, right, thinking that, Everything that you have and everything that you've been putting into what you want to do to finally get back to the World Series and create that Yankees culture of winning World Series and championships again is there. You got Benatendi, you got Montas, you got the pieces you thought you needed to go and be next level. And you've been struggling ever since, right? They they did at least break the losing streak. And then got uh, back on and one. And then got yeah. back on one now and had starting, an abysmal performance last night. So I don't want to just base it off that. I want to look at kind of everything. And that's... The one thing to me right now that stands out to me the most, that worries me the most about the Yankees, is starting pitching. Really? That is the one thing. Yeah, Montas didn't have a great he outing on his. He got fucking shelled. Garrett Cole has been pretty inconsistent over his last few starts. Garrett Cole, I, I, I'll pick up on this if you want to yes. grab some stats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me pick up on this. Garrett Cole last night pitched great, okay? I'm very happy with how he pitched. Seven shutout innings against the Mariners, pitched great. He needed that. He Needed that, okay? But I will say, yes, I very, I very much agree with you, Ray. Those seven starts prior, he had about a four-something ERA. And his his ERA has, I think it's jumped up about 60 points in his last seven starts. He went from a 3.04 uh, to about a 3.64 prior to last night uh, where he did pitch well. But 
Uh, I'll let you continue on the starting pitcher. Yeah, and that and that's just like a guy, like we said, that's a guy you're paying how much fucking money to be your ace, to be your number one, to be that guy that comes in and is supposed to be the consistent guy for the whole season. If he's not even doing it in the regular season, how do you expect him to do, him to do that as the number one guy in the playoffs? But let me give you this stat, Joe. Mets starters, starters, everyone who has came in and pitched a game since July 5th, since Max Scherzer came back from his injury, the Mets combined have a 2.23 team ERA of starting pitching. 2.23. They're throwing anybody out there, and they're throwing gems. Cookie Carrasco last night, I don't know if you saw him, he looked like an old self. He looks healthy. He looks good. Like, everybody, like, Talon Walker's on the bump tonight. Um, DeGrom had a great outing. Like, dude, their pitching staff has just been so deep this year. And I think that's one of the like key things. Like we think about the Braves last year and everybody stepped up from the, from the starting pitching, right? Like we even talk, obviously I know he's a hometown guy and you might think I'm, you know, tuning his horn a little bit, but Ian Anderson was a huge part of that team last year. Max free was a huge part of that team last year from literally the time that you started the game to when you got to the fifth or sixth inning and they went to the bullpen, it was locked down. Every single time. Fucking Jesse Chavez last year looked like Edwin Diaz, right? Like, what what are we talking about? So that's what this team reminds me of in the sense of I can trust their starting pitching. And then you think about what, right? Last night, even though Garrett Cole had that great outing, what was the end result? The Yankees still lost. I know they, they didn't put up any runs. So I feel like even though it was good for Garrett Cole to get back on the bump and pitch really well, I think it would have meant even more to him if the Yankees went out there and won. So for me, I think like lineup wise, I think, you know, obviously the Yankees just had a dud. They're on a bit of a skid right now. I think they'll jump back from that. That's not what I'm worried about. My worrisome thing is their bullpen and their pitching staff going into the postseason against all these other top pitching staffs that we've seen. And I know the Yankees are still up there in stats wise, but consistency wise, I feel like it's just not there. And there's too many of those starts where I'm like, who the hell did I just watch pitch? Okay, I so just, go that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Sorry. Um, so leading up to this, uh, leading up to this game today, um, there was a point in this game where the Yankees hadn't scored in 19 innings. All right, that's their longest stretch of the season. That's scary. Uh, Ray, I'm going to rebuttal with this. Okay. Uh, even though, all right, now, and, and this isn't me trying to uh, say it's okay, right? But even though. Uh, our new pitcher Montas got absolutely fucking snared yeah. uh, the other night. It's I don't think it's going to be an inkling of what's going to happen. I, I think don't think be, so. He'll be all right. Uh, I think it was very positive to see Garrett Cole pitch well. Uh, Tyone has pitched pretty decent. He hasn't gotten absolutely murked, right? Uh, and then there's, of course, Nestor, who was on the bump today. He had double-digit strikeouts. He went six innings pitched, three runs. He pitched pretty well, okay? Like, he has a 2.67 ERA on the season right now. That's very, that's very okay, okay? Yeah, no, that's really um, good. My my worry isn't so much in the uh, in the pitching. I think the pitching is is always going to be a little bit worrisome, right? But the main worry for me is is, is guys are starting to get injured right now, uh, and we've we there, we've talked about this for the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Literally, we've talked about this. It's, yeah, it's been it's always been that next. It's man been up, the injury bug. Next it's been the injury mentality. bug, and here we are. The injury bug strikes again, but we didn't see it the first half of the season whatsoever, and that's why the Yankees were so freaking good. Is because nobody was ever hurt. You come out of the All Star break, Giancarlo plays in the All Star game. Now we haven't seen him since the All Star game. Anthony Rizzo hasn't played in, in a while. Now Matt Carpenter breaks or fractures his foot, and he's out six to eight weeks. Things are starting to pile up, right? And that's where I start to worry. And I say, can can guys? 
that have performed well this year, can they come out and play well, right? It's going to be your Miguel Andujar's that just got called up. He's been fucking chomping at the bits for a shot, right? Now he's got the opportunity to go to go out and play. He was the number six, number six hitter in the lineup last night, played DH, whatever. Okay. Clearly it didn't work out too well, but you got to give some, give him some time to acquaint. Yeah. Um, Josh Donaldson, he's been picking it up a little bit over his last eight games. I think he's batted somewhere around 340 with, uh, you know, a high OPS. He's playing great baseball. Okay. Can he pick it up? Can Aaron Hicks pick it up? Right. Can he, can he fill the void until the Baders come back, until the Benatendis really get going? We've seen something from Ben Attendee recently, and I'm very happy about that, but I need to see it consistently. I think he's starting to get comfortable, but my biggest worry for me, Ray, is can these guys that now have to step up, can they? Can they actually come in and do it? Because there is no Bader right now. There is no Rizzo right now. There is no Stanton right now. There is no Carpenter right now. Those are all guys. Those guys, if it, mm-hmm. it, it, when October comes around, those guys are all in the lineup, Yeah. right? Can you, can you get there? Can you hold off the Astros until... The postseason, right? Can you can you hold that number one spot? Because you know it, and I know it. If they have to play in Houston more games, they have to play in New York. They're fucked, a hundred percent. And I think I'll go off of too what you said about the injury bug and everything like that. Because we saw we saw that a little bit earlier with the Mets, right? Like they haven't had the Degrom and even Scherzer for for most of this season until up until now. Now they're fully healthy, and this team looks absolutely unstoppable in the National League. Like. Unstoppable. You know what I mean? Like top to bottom, everyone who goes out there on a nightly base on the mountain, you're like, I don't want to fucking face him. Let's 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 go through. Let's say it like this, right? There's going to be some regression. Daniel Vogelback isn't going to be a fucking 400 hitter the rest of the season. No, but I think right? he, no. He's I, batting 360 since he joined the Mets. That's not going to stay like that. I think he can still have a clutch hit here or there, but I don't think he's going to keep that up. The one thing I will say that it, I didn't respect enough. Okay, I didn't. I'm saying it. Lately, I'll call out, I'll call myself out on my mistake. The Scherzer and DeGrom duo, right? Dude. I knew it was going to be good. I had it in the back of my head that it was going to be good. If you're the Mets and you're in a postseason series, or if you're in must-win games and you have either of those two guys on the mound, just just chalk it up as an L. Dude, Jacob DeGrom looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Scherzer's still dominant. I mean, this is... Did you see DeGrom's last start? He didn't even throw... He didn't even put... A changeup in his repertoire. He had because s- of how good he was pitching with right. all of his other pitches. He had pitches. seven. He had, I think it was six <laughs> and some change or seven and some change. Perfect innings. <laughs> Went to the six of the perfect game. He was throwing like, dude, you're getting 93, 95 mile an hour sliders with t- eight to 10 inches of a break. You are literally, I forgot who it was. I feel like it was like, um, it was either Frank Schwindel or Patrick Wisdom or something like that. It was literally like yeah, someone's. Wisdom, yeah. So he went, he went on a podcast, and he was like, "Dude, it's literally like you're going up to the plate. If you're going up to the plate against Jacob Degrom, it's like going into a test that you had in high school, knowing you're gonna fail. knowing you're gonna fail. Like literally, just knowing you're gonna go in there, circling fucking C every single answer, and just hope that you pass and you get a seventy. Right? I'm gonna say it's this. I'm gonna say this off the Degrom thing. I was completely wrong about about Jacob Degrom. I had my skeps about, oh, maybe he's not going to come back and be Jacob Degrom. I'll say this: he's an alien. A, he's an alien, and B, he is the best pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Not fucking Sandy from the Marlins. The best pitcher in baseball is right, right in Queens. Yeah, it's it's Jacob Degrom. It no doubt in my mind. And after watching that, I'm going to go out and say this too. 
I think the Mets can go farther than the Yankees. I think, the, the like you said, the biggest thing for me right now, like as much as I think the starting pitching has just been a little bit better and more consistent for the Mets, do I think they're going to have a 2.23 ERA the rest of the year? No, I don't. Do they have a great bullpen? No. Adam Adovino thinks they have a top five bullpen in the league. Slow your roll there, guy. Let's get to the postseason and see how that goes. I think if Adam Adovino is on a four-game win streak with the Reds right now, he'd say that they had the third best bullpen. <laughs> Probably not wrong with that statement. Yeah. But for me, it's just like I just saw what the Braves did last year, and it was just kind of everybody, like you said, stepping up and having those unsung heroes in every single series. And I feel like the Mets have that depth of a roster with the Yankees going down and having those injuries that we don't know what this postseason roster is going to look like, that it worries me more than – like, I'm just going on paper what we have right now because Matt Carpenter is a huge part in that lineup. As much as we want to sit here and say, like, you're really going to say a 38-year-old or whatever the fuck he is, Matt Carpenter is like a key, p- key partner lap. Yeah, the guy's been at a, one of the most insane months of his career, if not the most insane month oh, of no, his career. Oh, no, not even months, right? Like, he's in since 54. He's I think it was in 54 games that he played with the Yankees. I and mean, correct me if and I'm Barry wrong. Barry Bondstadt's the fucking guy. Like, yeah, that's going to matter when it comes postseason time, even if he's just. And he said he said he's going to be back. And I do. I, I will. I will say I do think he's going to be back. OK, but right now, given the circumstances, given everything, given how both teams are playing. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Mets on this one. I Me think too. the Mets are playing better baseball. And, and you know what? I really think it roots from here. And I think this is something that's really slept on the management. I really think Buck Showalter yeah, can outmanage that. Aaron Boone any oh. given day, any given day. Fun day. True. Buck Showalter over Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone's pulled pulled the right plugs this year. He's done the right things, pushed the right buttons. But Buck Showalter in the playoffs, that dude is meant to be there. And God damn it, he's got the two two of the top ten pitchers in baseball. And just to finish off that, and then we can move on. The Mets have kind of gone under the radar, right? Because obviously the Yankees are expected to be well, champions. We've said this. No, no, no. I'm going to say even since. Do you know the last time the Mets made the playoffs? 2015. 2016. 2016. Yeah, it was the last time the Mets made the playoffs. How much has that been talked about in New York? How much have we brought up the fact that like the Yankees haven't won a World Series since 09? Like you hear it a lot more, right, than you hear that the Mets haven't had a, a even a postseason appearance. And now this team is the best team in baseball. Like this turnaround from last year, a team that was under 500 to go and literally flip this team around with a few pieces in there and kind of have the same base of Pete Alonso, um, Pete Alonso, Jacob DeGrom, and Francisco Lindor is your main three guys to bring in Marte, Escobar, Canna, like bring in Vogel back, bring like bring in Scherzer, have DeGrom be healthy, right? Have Edwin get I really feel like that. Bring in Buck Showalter. Think about Buck Showalter and what Zach Britton was with him as a as a manager. That's what I really think turned Edwin Diaz is like like he was like, dude, just go out there, you throw 101 miles an hour. Don't think, just throw the baseball how you know to do it, and you're gonna be just as dominant. I think that that's the difference in coaching between Buck Showalter and Aaron Boone. He's just kind of a we always have said he's kind of like that puppet in a system. Oh, he's always been and a I feel like they like they let Buck go do his thing because he's gonna do it anyway. Well he's a good he's a good manager. And he's been around the game for a while. So your pick is your your pick is in. It's the Mets. I'm gonna go with the Mets too. Uh and it hurts me to say. But um unlike many people, um, including a good group of my friends, uh, I don't hate the Mets. I want the Mets to be good, right? Yeah. Uh, we're a New York sports show. So, like, the same thing. Like, I, if I like another team in basketball in the Eastern Conference, I still want the fucking Knicks and Nets to be good. Because at the end of the day, it's good conversation for us, and it's fun. <laughs> it helps and us it, out. And it makes and – it, and it's something to, to rally behind. And, right? and what's so. the thing I've been preaching to you and everyone else that I talk to? Like, it would be so good for baseball this year if we were to have a Yankees versus Mets World Series. 
I think that would get like in, an insane amount of viewership. Oh, sure, just dude. across was, everywhere. And baseball's already been on the uptick again. Yeah, uh, so it's been. It's everyone's been saying, fun. "Oh, baseball's dead. Baseball's dead. Baseball. No, baseball's not baseball even close is to not dead. dead. No, it's not even close. Um, but it's that is that is where we'll leave that conversation. Um, it hurts me to say that uh, because you know how how deep uh, it runs in my in my veins. I think they're going to turn it around though. I don't. I think, it, like you said, I think it's really just. I how think healthy we got, are they? That's I, I, what we. I think it's how about. healthy are we and how confident are we? Can yep. we can we get off the uh, this the scaries the right? Because that's what it is. It's the postseason scaries, right? Like they get in the postseason, they just start to just falter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can can we get guys like Giancarlo and and, and back and healthy and ready uh, and Matt Carpenter's? Um, but that is that. Moving forward, um, I want to talk about uh, some NFL football. Uh, it's getting closer. I think kickoff is uh, 9-11 or right around there. Uh, maybe a couple days before, maybe uh, something right there. And the first game of the season is going to be between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams, the former Super Bowl champions. It's going to be in L.A. at SoFi Stadium and I mentioned that because I want to talk about the talent gap or, uh, yeah, we'll say the talent gap between the Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, and the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Pat Mahomes. And I've seen this come up a few times and I kind of want to address it ourselves, right? I want to put out our opinion on this. Um, and, and the conversation goes like this, right? Is the gap between Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes that large A, or is there even a gap B? Okay, and I want to start. I want to start. I think going into last season, there was a small gap between those guys, right? Because you got to give it to Mahomes. He had had a a, a more impressive first couple seasons. Not to say that Josh Allen didn't, but Pat Mahomes had it all, right? He had Tyreek Hill. He had Travis Kelsey. He had Andy Reid, who was just a, a Hall of Fame Coach who, you know, will go down in the books as a top 10 coach probably ever, right? Um, you have this, you know, every, everything that you could possibly want, you have going for you. you. There's a running back on the market, and you pick him up. In Buffalo, it wasn't like that, right? There was Josh Allen at the start, and he didn't come in, and, and he didn't wow people like Pat Mahomes. He wasn't throwing balls through his fucking legs behind his head with his left hand, mm-hmm. right? He was trying to learn to be an NFL quarterback and be a good one. Right, we saw the leap that he took in his first from his first year to his second year, and then his second year to his third year. Right, and and here we are. Uh, I think he's going into season number five, I believe, for for Josh Allen, Kobe. If you want to fact check me on that, um, but regardless of I'll what it is, yeah, fact check me on that. Uh, but I will say this: right, going into last season, I was surprised. I was like, okay, there's still a talent gap between these two guys. You see the way that the Bills play. You see the way Josh Allen plays. And you see that playoff game, right? And I think that's where the, the, the switch flipped for me. And, and I said, damn it, there is no talent gap between these guys. There isn't. I was in person at that game in Buffalo when they played the Patriots and ripped them shred for shred. Like, there was nothing left of the Patriots by the end of that game. Josh Allen single-handedly went out there and said, take these, take these manscaped balls and suck on them, right? <laughs> and like, what was it? Five, six, seven touchdowns, seven for seven, I think they went. Something stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was something absolutely ridiculous, okay? And then you saw the game against Kansas City and what he was able to do. He went toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes, right? 
And the only reason that the Buffalo Bills lost that football game is because they didn't get the ball first in overtime. Whoever had the ball first in overtime, it would have been over. No, you know what it was? They kicked the ball out of the end zone. They gave him two plays. If you just kicked the ball and made him not get a touchback, they would have took five to six seconds off the clock, and they would have one play and wouldn't have been able to get down the field two plays. But in the grand scheme of it, it was shouldn't both teams get a – that's a conversation. I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole. The point is, to me, is whoever had that ball first – and had the last chance mm-hmm. was going to win that game. Yeah. Right. And so that game was telling to me of this conversation. And now we're getting back to football season. So I want to talk about it. What do you think, Ray? Because my pref- my thing is, I think John, I've, I've seen it on other podcasts. Who's the most exciting guy to watch? A and 1A, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. I think what it is for me, because these guys are really like they've been one and two on and off, right? Even last year, I Patrick mean, Mahomes. It, it, if we're talking like fantasy wise, like Pat or Josh Allen was technically the number one, and Pat Mahomes is number two. Passing wise, they were nearly identical. It's very slim margins between their passing stats, and what put Josh Allen over the top was his running game. Yeah, that that's what kind of puts him aside. But I think where Josh Allen makes or has in running, Patrick Mahomes has in playmaking. Right, I would say Making, flashiness. Yes, exactly. So I think that obviously does it really matter? Like, does it matter at all if you're a flashy player? But no, he can. It's not that being a flashy player makes you a better player. It's the fact that his like deception of the fact of you never know what he's gonna do next. You never know what his trick he's gonna pull out of the bag. It seems like every single season they're able to do it. And obviously now with Tyreek Hill gone, I think this is the biggest challenge for jo- for Pat Mahomes yet. Right. We get to see him. Yes, he still has Travis Kelsey, but he doesn't have a true wide receiver one, right? Like he's got Juju. He's got um, who is it? Uh, or is it Pringle or Hardman that came went on on Hardman. Hardman went on first take right and said that he's like I'm going to be number one now that, that no Tyreek's Juju going. is and, no, but and, yeah, yeah, but he was Sky basically Moore. he was ba- huh? he was basically Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Shut up, Kobe. <laughs> who that? Kobe, um, have you have you watched <laughs> have you watched a lick of of facts that have been coming out about how many? How many targets Juju's getting in, in his practices and stuff? He's taking all the wide receiver one reps. I know, but my point—he's eating them things up, eating them up. My point—he's wide receiver one until proven until proven guilty. Yeah, no. My point was that he went on first. Harvin went on first take and basically said like, now the fact that they're gonna play up on us, thinking that like, you know, we don't have Tyreek, so we don't got to give you that space. Like he's gonna burn them. You know what I mean? So he gets to play. Up to his potential, that's what he sees this year. But it's still all question marks for me at this point. You know what I mean? It's not like set in stone that he's going to have great receivers. You no, know what I mean? It's so not set in stone whatsoever. I think that that's going to be the challenge this year is can he sustain these numbers without – because we saw obviously it was both the same thing for Josh – uh, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, like their first year, they both kind of, I wouldn't say struggle, but like, they weren't like, okay, these guys, Pat are Mahomes be, was pretty good. They I, Josh Allen, would, I, would, I would give it, I'd give it have Pat crazy Mahomes. teams. Yeah. You no, know what I mean? No. So, and then we saw Josh Allen in the playoffs against the Texans and what he looked like one of the worst quarterbacks ever. We're like, Oh my God, what, what is he doing? He's making the dumbest plays. Having like a bunch of Everybody fumbles and we playoffs, were just like, right? no, yeah, hundred percent. But then once he got there, it was kind of like, what? What fucking quarterback is this? Like, who is this oh, that we're needed, watching? He needed work, and yeah. I think that he realized that he has made improvements to his game. And for me, there's not that one thing that I'm just like, oh yeah, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like, the only thing I can really think of is really running ability that he's shown. Also, Pat I'll, Mahomes has never been that kind of guy. 
So, do, so do you agree with what I said that the that there really isn't a gap between these guys? I think you could I debate just, one and two. I think all day, this. Man. I think this. Going into last season, people thought Josh Allen was going to make another leap, but he wasn't yet in the same category, maybe as Pat Mahomes. He was one below, right? Yeah. He was in the Lamars and. You know, those great, like, those up-and-coming, like, Lamar Jackson, right in the conversation, too, MVP, right? And, and I don't want to undermine him, and I think he's right there at three. I really do. Um, but as far as, like, young and up-and-coming quarterbacks, it was like, okay, Pat Mahomes is on his own, his own thing, Chiefs kingdom, like, this and that, right? And then there was the, your your Allens and your uh, your Justin Herberts and your um, your Lamar Jacksons, right? I think last year proved to me that they're on the same. Now they're on the same one, right? Now they're at the peak, and it's both of them. It's here, not just one or the other, and it's not one's one below. I think they're both right there. And here's my thing too. I think that a lot of people would even argue and say that they think like who's the most exciting. You could probably say Patrick Mahomes, but I think that a lot of people right now would arguably say that Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes, right? I feel like from what I've seen is that's what I feel like the consensus is, and they put Patrick Mahomes down a peg just because now he's lost Tyreek Hill. Right, and they're like, "What can he do with this kind of offense?" Without a like, guy that always, can blow the he, roof off the place every yeah, time, who, who can have two hundred yards a game, right? What can Pat? And I think that with him being under that pressure, I don't think it's pressure to him, but with being under that doubt, I should say, I think Patrick Holmes will thrive this year and just show everybody how good he actually is, right? And I think that's that's the one thing that we've got to see because if they have the same type of year that they had last year and Pat Mahomes is putting up this kind of stats and making Juju look like a number one wide receiver again. Not, then we're talking about then it. Then we're they're... talking about a different story. Right. Because... But I will, I, I'll end with that, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think as of right now, though, watching that head-to-head, nobody had the upper hand. It was blow for blow. the punch. best quarterback it, yeah. versus the best quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't sit there and say, oh, you got to give the upper hand to this guy because of this. No, they're 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 two in the same one A and uh, B. You one A, and one B. B. There's arguments you can go back and forth on all day. I think they're both obviously worthy of being being one or two. And I would love to hear what people have to say about that. Yeah, hundred percent. I would just because and 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 take all biased out and take all like oh you know uh, Pat Mahomes like what I I don't know what there is right, but take everything out of it and just look at it from a football player like like from a fan perspective at football players right. Not not what they do off the field, not who they are, not how cool they are, not what they're able to do, not their highlight videos about flinging the ball like yesterday with fucking Mahomes throwing the ball with his left behind his back. I don't care about any of that. I talk. I'm I'm talking about when the playoffs, uh, when the lights are at their brightest. You're in the playoffs. Where do you rank them? And yeah, I, I would Mahomes, love to hear Mahomes that. clutch factors and like obviously Mahomes. Uh, so is Allen. But like I was just about to say, Allen, Allen proved it. it last year showed as well. It. it was just like I feel like Mahomes has been doing it. Since he's came in the league, and he's gotten to that point of getting the AFC Championships, getting the Super Bowls, winning. So, so I think that's the next step that we're all expecting from Josh Allen this year. Now it's of can he live up to that? Yeah, I mean there was it. I didn't even mention Joe Burrow in there, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just just there's so many there's so many good right, young right. like the the league is in such good hands. Yes, I agree. Um, Raymond, all right. Now this is where it's going to get fishy. Uh, so I'm going to need uh, Cobra for this one. All right, Cobra, take this guy. There it is. Do you want me to put this one in the middle? Yep, pop it in the middle. And Kobe, I want you to... Ladies and gentlemen. That was disgusting. That's good. That's awful. Uh, Kobe, I want you to uh, pull up the Jets' schedule. All right? And we're going to run the same... Oh, shit. I got to remember what I said from Sunday. Who cares? 
We're going right now. No, I'm saying that like obviously both of them are going to air. So if you listen to the re- radio replay and this, no, let's go. I know. Just send it. No, I'm saying that I have to remember who I said. I'm not. Okay. Fuck it. Then. I'm just doing it. Fuck it. So this is what we're going to do. We did the Giants. We did the Giants predictions a couple weeks ago, uh, and everybody seemed to really enjoy that. So I want to do the Jets. What do we think the Jets are going to do in the first half of the season? We're going to go through their record. Kobe's going to give us the regular degular 3-2-1. And then at the end of it, we're going to say Jets or we're going to say the other team. And we're going to go through their first eight or nine games. And we're going to see, well, who's the better team in New York so far, right? The Giants or the Jets? Schedules aside, I know it's a little different. <laughs> a little but, lopsided. I'd like to know the strength of schedule between but, but the, let's, the, the But let's the do Giants this. Yeah, let's do this. Kobe, are you ready? Let's do this thing. Game right. one, week one, at home versus the Ravens. Three, two, one. Ravens. Ravens. Week two, away against the Browns. Three, two, one. Jets. Week three, at home against the Bengals. Three, two, one. One. Bengals. Week four in Pittsburgh. Three, two, one. Steelers. We, uh, I screw up the weeks. Week five, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I screw up the weeks. Um, week five at Pittsburgh. Or no, I just, <laughs> week five. <laughs> Take it from the top. Hold up. This fucking guy. Three, four, five. See, I, my fault. All right, take it from the top. No. No, don't no. Have to restart. No, Just no. Where we were at. And flip uh, the mic. Who's and, after the Steelers? And flip the mic around okay. when you got a second. Okay, the mic's here. All right. Thanks for letting me know that. Um, so, week five at home versus the Dolphins. Three, two, one. Dolphins. Week six at Green Bay. Three, two, one. Green Packers. Oh, okay. Week seven at the Broncos. Three, two, one. Broncos. Broncos. Wow. Thank you. Got worried on that one. Week eight at home versus the Patriots. Three, two, one. Jets. Week 10. Week 9. Week 9. Week 9 versus the Bills at home. 3, 2, 1. The Bills. It's over. What are we What are we giving? 3? We gave him 2. 2? No, yep. Cleveland. Oh, yeah. What? what? We gave him 2. Cleveland and <laughs> uh, the Patriots. Patriots. Yep. So there you have it. Um, Ray, take your mic back. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Take it back. All right. Let's, let's let's break that down real quick. Three hops this time. I don't really think it's that the Jets are a bad football team. It's that they got absolutely smothered on their schedule. I mean, like no, the NFL, need, the NFL Owners Association was like, "Who are we gonna fuck this year? Yeah, who are we gonna fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Jets are getting a lot of hype around. They got a new young talent. Let's give them the the most tests 
right away. That's Get not him even, right into those it. aren't even tests. Those are that is uh, that's Peter Wisdom standing at the going, gates of hell, yeah. waiting to walk in every single week. It's very much. unfair. So I don't want to go too crazy into it, but I'll say this about the Jets: I think that they're a good football team. I don't think they're great, but I do think they they're they trending in the right direction. I think they have a good coach in Sawa. I think they have a good quarterback in Wilson. I think Makai Becton going down for the season yet again is very sad. And it's it's detrimental to the team because you want to see what a guy like that can do. And now he's been injured for another season, right? Now he's out again. So I think that sucks. I think they have good young talent. I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, but when you get a schedule like that, it doesn't matter what you're what you're doing. You can go out there and score four tuds a game, you're still going to get fucking creamed. Yeah, the one thing that I think I will say is good for the Jets, as much as they said that the offensive line has been an issue at training camp so far, they've also said that their defensive line has looked really, really good. And we know about what the Jets did in the first few, like most of the first half of the season last year. I mean, they were giving up 40, 30, 40, like every single game, right? And then once they started to kind of figure it out in the second half of the season, their defense kind of tightened up a little bit. They got Sauce Gardner now. I think that their defense is going to be the kind of thing that wins them football games to start, and then that's going to help them keep it in games for Zach Wilson to try and be able to be like, okay, Zach, here's your chance to take over. You have all the talent around you. Can you actually go and do it? I think right? he gets. he's going to get one more pass this year, right? But you, you mentioned it, right? Three first-round draft picks this year. They went out against Sauce. Mm-hmm. I think Sauce is going to be really good. Yeah. I really do. Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I think he's going to uh, I, I think hope, the Jets really needed a true wide receiver one. I think they got it. And then you have uh, Jermaine Johnson, right? The end. You mentioned it before. The pass rush is there. They say, You said it's looking good. So we go with it. I think that the, I think those are three great pickups. They're you know it's not all just one sided. It's not all the offense. It's not all the defense. It sucks. It just sucks if you're a Jets fan because you have high hopes going into the season. If I'm a Jets fan and I didn't even look at the schedule and I look at just the team before the season, I'm like, wow, what can this team do? I'm looking at seven or eight wins, and I'm like, wow, this is great. And then I look at their schedule and I'm like, yeah, it's more like four or five. Yeah. But you got to you got to keep your chin up on these four or five wins because you realize you won't get a schedule like that every year and you're not going to get fucked over like that every year. And you realize, OK, those four or five wins could easily turn into eight or nine wins uh, in upcoming seasons when you have a normal schedule and you're not getting fucking blasted. Right. And well, what's the one one thing that we've seen, I feel like with the Jets, even especially last season, like they went out and they beat the Bengals last year. Right. But then they go out and they lose to like shitty teams. It's like you have to go and beat the bad teams and then also compete with the good teams for you. For you as a fan to be like, okay, we're going to be okay. We're going to be good going forward. We have the right pieces and the right things and the right coaching staff that I think for the next three to five years, we can build off of this. Because if you're going out there and losing to the bottom, like, yes, are you technically in probably the bottom 10 teams going into the season? Yeah, but guess what? Not everybody has the rookie talent that you have. Not everybody has the young talent that you have going into the season. So I would say you're on the top half of that ladder of the, of the bottom 10. So if you're going out and losing to those teams that show that they have no signs of hope, they've gone out and done nothing in this offseason, and you're still getting shit on by those teams, then we have a problem. But I think that this team needs to go out, beat the shit teams, compete with the good teams, as long as they're beating the, like, I think really the only real easy one should be the Browns, I would say. Just because they won't have Deshaun Watson, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look Deshaun like. Deshaun Watson will play in the first preseason game for the Browns. That's actually wild, and he might not. Even, they were talking about maybe um, 
Extending his suspension as well. Oh no, it's going to happen. It's, yeah, it, they yeah, said, they said no doubt, evidence. no doubt, it's going to happen. So they said at the very minimum, they believe it's going to be a double, double the games, right? So he had an original six 12. game suspension. So at the very least, twelve game suspension. But I think it just gets extended out to a whole season. And Deshaun Watson's going to walk away with forty million plus dollars in his pocket this season, guaranteed, and he's not going to touch the fucking field. But that's a whole different story for a whole different day. And if you want to go listen to that, go listen to a different podcast because we're New York sports in this bitch. Yes, sir. Uh, um, you like that? <laughs> Don't even want to talk about him. Not worth. Not worth. Not worth our time. No. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolute rabbit hole. 100%. The Joey Haas rabbit hole. Yeah, and those things go deep, right? <laughs> um, but here's where I want to finish this. All right, I got one. I got one more thing I want to talk about here, Ryan. Um. I've kind of pitter-pattered back and forth with a couple things. Don't know what's so funny, but okay. Um, I pitter-pattered a few uh, back back and forth. Um, Fuck off, (laughs) Beatles. But here we are, okay? Whatever. Last thing I want to do, I want to play our our second most famous game here, Finish the Sentence. Okay. Okay. I want to play a little Finish the Sentence. I was going to go down a different path, but I I said, you know what? I swerved at the end, you know? Uh, Swerve. But um, <laughs> this is what I want to do. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you this guy's name. And I want you to tell me uh, where he ranks on, the, on this basketball team. Okay. On, the, on the, just the team? Yeah. Right. Finish this sentence for me. Julius Randle oh. is the blank best player on the Knicks right now. That's a great one. That's a great one. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> RJ okay. Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I guess three. I guess three. So we're talking about a New York Knicks roster right now, okay? Just so just so everybody's on the same page Let's here. Start with three and then and then talk to me a little bit. Okay. Give me some give me some. I'm gonna some give you some, I'm gonna give you some here. I'm gonna give you some stuff here, okay? So you say so you'd say right off the rip, RJ Barrett. Okay. Yeah. That's what you said. He, they want to make him the face of this franchise. Okay. If he isn't already. Okay. So here we go. This is the team. You have RJ Barrett, who's up for debate. And I'm just going to throw in names that we can debate, right? Maybe this guy could be better. Right? Maybe not. But you, they're just, they've, they've entered into the conversation, right? There is Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson can definitely be in that conversation. Jalen Brunson can definitely be in that conversation. R.J. Barrett can definitely be in that conversation. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> gonna. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be. No, yeah. I'm not gonna be crazy here. Yeah. Don't, um, don't give me Landry Fields or something. No. Nope. Is he still playing? No. Steve Novak is though. Okay. Give so, me Alexis Fed. So here we go. All right. So let's have this conversation. Yeah. Julius Randle, only guy on this Knicks team right now that's been an All Star recently. Okay. Not R.J. Barrett. Not Jalen Brunson, not Mitchell Robinson, but Julius Randle, okay? Led the team to really switch the whole franchise around a couple years ago, right? 2020, 2021, uh, he, Knicks make the playoffs, they play the Hawks, it goes not so great, but Julius Randle is the face of the Knicks that season. Comes back last season, doesn't have the same spark under his ass, and there you go. Now we're talking about two seasons out from when Julius Randle was the face of the Knicks franchise. He was the guy that brought this team back to its glory, and everybody's jumping up and down saying, Julius, Julius, here we are. Okay? You give me R.J. Barrett, 
and Jalen Brunson over Julius Randle? No, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with, I think I got to stick with Julius for now, just because he's been there. I don't, we don't know how Jalen's going to fit in. So as of right now, just because of the pure fact that Julius Randle wasn't like, I mean, not by very much. It was it, like him and RJ were kind of one and the same with their, at least their stats last season. I feel like RJ had that more impactful and, like he's trending upwards, right? Do you feel like Julius Randle is trending upwards? Like, would you say that Julius Randle in the 2021-2022 season, which was last year, averaged 20.1 points, which was good enough to be the 25th ranked scorer in the NBA. He averaged 9.9 rebounds, which was the 13th best in the NBA, and he averaged 5.1 assists, which was the 28th best in the NBA. If you look at uh, R.J. Barrett, on the other hand, R.J. Barrett. Average 20.0 points, okay? So what did I give you for, for Julius Randle? 20.5, is that what I said? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was 20.5 stat- points per yeah. game, okay? Which was, so R.J. Barrett is the 27th ranked best scorer instead of the 25th, okay? Uh, he averaged 5.8 um, rebounds per game, which is good enough for 51st in the NBA, and then 3.0 assists, which was 73rd in the NBA. Now, if you wanted to get into the nitty-gritty of it, he had a 13.72 player efficiency rating, whereas Julius Rando had a 15.80 player efficiency rating. Yeah. Now, a lot of things go into that, and that's that could be up for a whole debate, but I think we're really narrowing down this conversation to the one and the two, right? So now you've put yeah. Julius Rando over Jalen Brunson for sure, mm-hmm. right? Even after Jalen Brunson made this big splash deal, yeah, he's a Nick now, he's getting paid over $100 million, whatever. It's between R.J. Barrett and Julius Rando. Now, Ray, given their their past and where you right now, right? Because we can't we can't look at the future. We don't know what the future holds. Julius Randle is the what best Nick? I think he's. I, I think it's just based off the fact that I I truly believe that the the Knicks the direction that they want to go in is they want to make R.J. Barrett their next star. I'm not saying that they want to just toss Julius Randle to the side and basically say like, oh, we don't need him anymore. I think that he's still a crucial part to this team. And I think that they want to kind of be like, you think about, I don't want to compare it to like a Luka Jalen situation. You know what I mean? Where it's going to be, you know, Luka's going to have the ball in his hands. I don't think that's how RJ is going to be. You know what I mean? Like he's not like. No, he's not that kind of player. He's just not that kind of player. So I don't really know a good situation to really kind of compare it to. Um, to make me think, okay, well, Julius Randle could be this, could be that. I think they just know what I feel like we've hit Julius Randle's ceiling, right? I don't think we've hit RJ's ceiling. Would you agree with that? I'll say this, right? Julius Randle's shown glimpses, right? And what was it? The Yeah, but how long has he been in the league now? Like do you think Julius? That, what do you, what do you think his his highest potential is? Julius like, Randle. Do you think he can be more than like can he be a third team all NBA? Like that's what I would say would be like, you know, uh, next thing above from All Star, Randall in his 2020 2021 season averaged 24.1 points per game. Uh, he averaged six assists and 10 rebounds. So yeah, he was like, a 24, 10, and six guy. Do you think he's ever going to go above that? Like, do you, do you truly believe that? If you go above that, you're talking. I mean, the and only that, conversation that, you can point. get into. That's my point. Do you think, like, he, I, even if he got back to that level, right, I would. The only That's conversation you could, you could go into if you go above that is we're talking about a top five big man in the NBA because then you're getting into the Anthony Davis conversation. 
the the Embiid's, the Jokic's. Like those are the only guys that average stats like that yeah. as big guys. No, right? that, and that's what I, I mean. Maybe there's like a guy here or there that we're just like undermining. You know, the Carl Anthony Townses, right? Maybe I'll say top eight big man in the NBA if if he if he took it up past that 2020-2021 season, but. I think he's going to be right around like last year's stats for me. I feel like he's going to be, and I'm not saying that like, oh, he was terrible last year. I'm saying that I think he's going to be 2010 and, a 20 and 10 guy, which last is year. not a bad thing to have as your number two. Now, here's, right? here's the question. It's though. just a matter of is that fit in one? Does that fit in that, today's NBA system? Right. A power forward that isn't really going to stretch the floor a crazy amount for you. He can kind of shoot mid range, but like he what? Can yuck. He can shoot threes. Yeah, I know. What was his three point percentage last year? Uh, He had a three point percentage last year of 30%. But the season before shot 41% from three. Right. So that's why, I mean, that sh- that season before, I think he played Out up of his, to his full yeah. potential, right? Up to his full potential. So now I don't think that he's like, I, I wouldn't say he's on a downward trend. I think he just hit his now, peak. Now you have a guy who's coming in at the Knicks. We all know about how dysfunctional their organization is. They're going to basically put RJ on a pedestal now and hope that he's the next whatever they want him to be in the face of the franchise. Now let me ask you this. Can RJ Barrett can RJ Barrett at his best be better than Julius Randle when he was at his best? I believe so. Do you guys think so? You think so? Hypothetically speaking, Julius Randle at his best was twenty four points, ten rebounds, six assists a game, shooting at about a forty five percent field goal percentage. I think he, he can be like percent. he can be like twenty five, like. He's never really a he's not really a rebound guy. So say so it's like I was gonna say that's RJ ceiling right there too. I think twenty four ten and six. Like that exact stat. I think uh, I don't uh, think as many rebounds. Yeah, yeah but but maybe switch like the rebounds in the. But, yeah, we'll I don't give, even think because we'll he's not really even like we'll give him an extra point or two. Okay, just, we'll, like, we'll say twenty six points per game. Twenty six like seven and seven. Twenty five. I don't think it's anything like close to thirty or. I think I I I think the best it, I think RJ Barrett could go up to like. Maybe a Jalen Brown at his best, like I yeah. think, and and that's like that's Jim even Brown, generous, like right now, like, generous, and that's Jim being Brown's generous. I think I, I I think RJ Barrett's really good, but that's that's where I leave that conversation. Is can RJ we just we've seen Julius Randle at his peak? Can RJ Barrett at his peak be more dominant than Julius Randle yeah. was at his peak? I felt like Julius Randle had a very very short peak. And that's that was why, a that, very. That's why I can't put him at number one. Tough. Short peak you know or I mean? short smeek, whatever the fuck it was, he was really good. Yeah, he and was that's really good. just can he get back there? I, don't, I mean, I think there's a possibility that he could go back to it. So RJ Barrett's it's just like it's like the situation that he's in. Like I said, it's shit. Like you aren't the number one guy. If he was sitting there like last year and RJ had a dud year, guess what? They'd probably be fucking sucking. Julius so is RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett the best player on the next? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah. all, and they're also letting Trey Young beat them in the playoffs. And- Right, and Trey Young's pretty good, but oh, yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah, what is the 11th seed every year? Yeah, I mean, if you're, hey, <laughs> not trying to if you're fight supposed his to be coaches either. I just, I just think you know, right? But that's not you know, I get it. But like, just from a pure player standpoint, um, I didn't, I didn't even give my thought on it. It's close. It's really close. I no, think I people. Like were, I feel like you were pulling for. I think Julius. the. I think Julius is still. The best player on the Knicks. Really? I I want RJ Barrett to be the best player. Okay. And I think he has the potential to take him over and and really take him over this year. But right now speaking, we've seen Julius Randle be able to do that stuff, right? Be able to, to score that extra five points per game, right? Get to that 24, 25 points per game. We haven't seen it yet from RJ, and I'm very scared that we may not see it because 
of Jalen Brunson? Because is it going to make him a better player? Or is it going to take away from him being at his at his best? Because now you have another guy that can come in and put up 20 points a game. Yeah, well, my thing is with those two, it's like he played with Luka. Fair though, right? He- Fair, but they well, brought Jalen Brunson in to be a pure point guard. They, well, no, let me say let me let me say this. Luca is who he just played with. Luca Doncic brought up the ball every single possession, pretty much. Like when you think about it, if you watch any of the Mavericks playoff games, like that is not the case with RJ Barrett, right? Jalen Brunson accommodate can accommodate to if you can play with Luka Doncic and be successful, you can accommodate to anybody in the NBA. I just, I, in my opinion, yeah. like you know what I mean. He is such a ball dominant. Give him the basketball. Let him do everything he can. And if there's five seconds on the shot clock, give it to somebody else and they have to make a play. So that's going to take pressure off of RJ if he can't get a shot up. And Jalen Brunson is so good at getting like getting into the paint for being a smaller guard that it's going to create even more opportunities, A, for Julius, and B, for RJ. I want to first say a point to Kobe. I don't think they brought him in to be a pure point guard. He's still an elite scorer. Like, we've seen that he can be an ISO scorer. I don't think they're going to take that away from him, right? Like, I don't think... They they didn't bring him in to be fucking Rajon Rondo. No, they brought him in to be Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson's an ISO scorer. Um, and then B, I think the one thing, too... He can do both. That that was what I was saying. And, like, and one thing, if too... If one of those guys is out, like, Jalen Brunson can take over the game. And B, uh, the, here's, the, here's the big separating factor as well. I said the scoring. I'm going to take it one step further. Julius Randle has proven, even on an off night, that he can get to the he can get to the bucket a, and he can go ISO with anybody he wants. He can he can take you ISO, whether it's backing you down or whether it's putting a dribble and just putting his head down and getting to the basket. I haven't seen enough for from RJ to say, okay, this guy can be you know no doubt go out and and get his twenty five a game. And but I need more free throws. I need to see that he can take anybody off the ISO. He's been a big in the mix kind of guy, right? Plays in the system. If he takes the ISO step this year, it's not a, it's not even a doubt for me. Right now, it's still Julius Randle. All right, yeah, I can get behind that for sure. I'm not I, like I said. I think they're it's arguable. I just think that the way that for me, it's the way that the Knicks go about things is in the wrong way. So even if Julius Randle is the better player between RJ. They seem like from their perspective, they have fucking blinders on and they're like, Oh, we know that RJ is going to be our next guy, right? That's what we know. That's all that we know. We're not fucking changing. That's we're the fucking Knicks. And we know how to just screw everybody over and make everybody shit. Like, that's just what if I feel like it's been and the, basically the hole that they've been in the past few years. And it's like, how are you going to get out of that? If you don't just kind of let everybody go out and just do their own thing instead of putting pressure on one single guy, or imagine that they bring in Jalen and they put too much pressure on him for saying, oh, you're the $100 million guy. You're supposed to go out there and be our fucking leading scorer. What the fuck's wrong with you? Why do we bring you in? Why do we pay all this money, right? It's like, I just think that it's more it's more than meets the eye than who's actually the best player. It's about, it comes from management, it comes from who their coach is going to be and how they want them to play because they're going to go out, and I guarantee you at the start of the season, they say, RJ, we want you to get the most shots this year. Well, and whether that makes it better for them or not, I don't know if they go and change it because that's just the way that they think. And that's how I've seen the Knicks. I don't want it. I don't. Go ahead. So, Joey, let me ask you this then. Go ahead. Realistically, fast forward to the end of this season, how many assists do you think Jalen Brunson is going to have average? Is he going to be over 10? Is he going to be close to 10? Is he going to be? Six and a half. Six and a half? Yes. I'd be willing to bet over that. All right. I think. You well, you said you said is it going to be over ten assists or under ten? Well, no, it's I, definitely I no doubt well, in my mind going to be under ten assists. I think it's going to be under eight assists. 
I think he's going to be I, somewhere I in the six and a half to I, seven. I give her on eight. I would say he's going to go. I think he's going to go seven tops. Do you know how many? Aver- tops. Do you know what he averaged last year? I think probably like around five. Three. Five really? Three. Three and a half. So if you t- Kobe, I will well, literally, again, again. I will scape your balls for well, you, no, bro. No, no, no. For your point, he was playing with Luka Doncic. That's great. Yeah, no. I, who was an ISO scorer I, that doesn't need anybody to pass from the ball. You know? so, yeah, no, I think he's gonna. I hey, think he'll have more than what he has. Hey, it's okay. That's not. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, point. I'm just saying that also. Also, we haven't seen. Like, I'll say this: Jalen had a, a good regular season last year. He had a great. And had a great playoffs. It's a matter of can he keep that right? Because the thing that got him going with, with his confidence was okay. Luca trusts me. Now you have to start that all over again and build trust back up with a brand new team where. You don't even know if you got brought in for a hundred million dollars and you're the number one player that they want to go to or the number one option. It's like, you know, I don't know. The Knicks are just so dysfunctional, and I, I feel like it's gonna get fucked somehow. So, well, this is how we end, right? Clearly, it was a good question. We went from three to two to one, right? You said three to start, then you went to two. I said one. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stick with um. So there you I'll go. I'll stick with two. That's how you know it's a good conversation. Um, so hopefully we stimulated your brains. He averaged four point eight assists last year. Okay. So that's that's. So if you tell if you tell me he gets if you tell me he gets three more assists a game, so be it. I think he gets I think he gets maybe seven tops. Oh, maybe seven they, is my seven. That is might my have peak. been that might have been the playoffs. Code. Seven is my peak. <laughs> but still, he averaged twenty one five and and three in the playoffs. I want I want to see his Villanova stats. Now we're talking. Yeah, this is where it ends. That, All right. Any any anything else from the uh, from the fellas over here? Just fucking got my nails born. That's it, buddy. Yep. Nails born. Kobe. Anything else? <laughs> All right. Raymond. Anything else? Go get your fucking manscape. Use code yeah, Fun Day for twenty yeah. percent off. Code Fun Day. Code, code Fun, fun day. day. I already got a couple buyers. I've already said it. I'm going to say it one more time. The OGs, right? And it's everybody. And thank you if you've even made it to this point of the podcast, but I expect you didn't unless you're an OG. And if you and if you are here right now, well, then you're probably becoming an OG. So thank you very much. Right. Uh, but with that being said, uh, make sure OGs go out and do your part, right? We want to make this happen. It's going to be on you guys. I can't go out and do it myself. We already have our manscapers. So I can't go using Code Fun Day myself anymore. So ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please, more gentlemen than anything, fellas. Get out there and get your manscapers. Clean your fucking nuts up and let's do this thing. Uh, Kobe, uh, Molson, thank you guys very much. Great job as always. Raymond, great job. Happy birthday to you. you. Can't wait thank to spend you, a great weekend in Boston with let's you guys as well. Go, it's going to be great. Yankees oh, and Red Sox. Yankee Sox. I'm, very, I'm very excited to see the worst two teams <laughs> in the American League East right now play. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But other than that, um, make sure you use code Funday uh, for Manscaped as well. And uh, go check out 12 Months of June Barbershop, located at 11 Avertrano Road. Find him on the books yet at 12 Months of June. Message him on Instagram if you want to get a cut, you want to figure out how to do something, you know where to go. He is the GOAT. He's the best guy that gives gives the best haircuts. Hell of a dude. Appreciate the hell out of him. Uh, and other than that, we will see you guys in a few days. We will not be on the radio on Sunday. We will be back on podcast sometime early next week. And I cannot wait to get back at it. Guys, thank you very much. And as always, make sure you don't forget. You always let the fun days roll.